Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Check. Is this thing working? Is this thing working? It is. Welcome back. Thanks again so much for listening. I love you again, um, like I said in the last episode, and I appreciate you and whatever you find yourself experiencing currently, you know, whatever you're thinking, whatever you are feeling, whatever your opinion is, I respect it. I just want you to know that I respect your humanity. I respect your personness. We might feel different things about different things, and that's just the way it is. And um, I'll probably end up on a rant because I typically do go on rants. But uh, I think it's safe to say that if I ran into any one of you, any one of you of my 100 or 120 faithful listeners, that it would be totally cool if we encountered one another in real life. Instead of on that thing that I'm not even sure if it's real. I'm not even sure if social media is real. Is everybody on there just a bot? <laughs> I don't know. Is it just, just artificial intelligence-fueled bots or whatever? Anyway, thank you. Um, I don't know what else to say. There's just a, a lot. There's a lot going on. I am continually referencing the work of Mr. Hawkins. I think it's more important than ever. Check it out. Reality, spirituality, and modern man. I, reality, and subjectivity, and all the other ones. Power versus force. The eye of the eye. The eye of the eye is a really cool one. Check that one out as well. I heard actually that Bill W. was Dr. Hawkins' sponsor. That's cool. That's really cool that Bill W. is David Hawkins' sponsor. Side note, Shane, if you're listening, thanks for listening. And I think I shared that with you last week and over a text message. Anyway, um, yeah, so this stuff that's going on, it's concerning to me. Um, just the 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 digital the digital book burning. Um, I am continually giving shout outs to Mr. Ben. Shapiro, uh, his, his, his book burning episode was, was great. I was not very fond of his episode or two episodes ago. He's, you know, he does demonstrate a particular degree of ignorance regarding trans stuff. Um, and, and it being, uh, gender dysmorphia being a disorder. Um, I see it as often as a spiritual gift that gets, turned into a disorder by the medical establishment, the medical community. I'm actually surprised that the, I'm surprised that the, uh, the woke left hasn't come along and pressured the, the, the people who write the DSM four, whatever that psychological association is to remove that as, as a disorder. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I figured that would have happened a while ago, but it's still in the DSM four. And so Mr. or DSM five, I think it's the DSM five. So whatever, whatever, you know, Ben's argument is that it's in the DSM five and therefore it's a disorder. And because it's categorized as a disorder, we have to treat it as, as a disorder. And, you know, there's a little bit of, there's a, there is a little bit of validity and to that. Um, but 
he does it doesn't he says he's compassionate but it doesn't really it it's not expressed as compassion like for instance i saw him on a, a on a, like a panel um where he's there's a trans trans woman next to him and he just comes out and says boy who thinks he's a girl and then the trans woman the trans woman turned incredibly masculine and i thought she was going to beat the fuck out of ben shapiro <laughs> Which would have been kind of funny. She just manhandled Ben. Ben Ben doesn't occur as a tough guy. He he occurs as a talkative guy. I do. I will stand by my assertion that he is one of the most important voices in America currently, despite the fact that uh, I find some of his views to be um, very ignorant. But uh, all that being said, um, I do find... Um, a lot of the I it's one of the things I'm really struggling with currently is how do I respect where people are coming like how do you really how do I respect where people are coming from like what do I need to get over to put myself into the experience of another human being right and and it's it's really challenging to do like it's it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of work and you've got a lot of conservatives who are looking at this trans thing through the lens of like it it goes against like god's plan like it goes against nature you know it goes against the um like the divine plan and now we have to um it like put yourself in the position of a conservative person who's just uh trying to live like a good God-centered life. And this is certainly not how all Christian conservatives are. Um, But like, I'm very close with a um, very staunch, staunch conservative um, Christian, Christian person, right. Who's, who doesn't want the the bathroom being used by, um, he doesn't want a little boy going into the bathroom with his little girl. And so there are people who really feel that their safety is threatened. And I can't, I, I can't say that I wouldn't feel that I would feel comfortable with that myself. I can't say, I think most people privately or a lot of people privately, um, would feel the same way or do feel the same way. And I mentioned the, the article or the picture that I posted from the coffee shop in Rogers park in Chicago several years ago where the coffee shop owner turned it into a, a whoever can, whichever, a whichever bathroom, but the whichever bathroom didn't have a door on it or a lock on the door. So I was very uncomfortable using the bathroom there from then on because I didn't want a woman to walk in and see me there. I, and I, I wouldn't care if it was like a transmasculine guy or probably not even a transmasculine woman or a, 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 a um, a trans feminine is that the right um is that the right way to yeah trans feminine woman to walk in on me i wouldn't mind about that because she used to be a guy <laughs> or whatever whatever the proper way of saying that is uh, i was just worried about like standard american woman coming in and like i'm pissing there at the urinal you know and you just saw me and i'm already self-conscious about that part of me you know um so you gotta like sort of um you have to like and 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 I posted that this was what 
that I wasn't comfortable with this. And then it was, then I was then attacked by quite a few people. And then there were a bunch of people who sent me private messages or privately came up to me and was like, I agree with you. I was afraid to jump in. I was afraid to jump into that one. And so, you know, I've, I have another friend who, um, he has experienced something very akin to gender dysphoria as a child. And he does not, believe that it would have been a healthy thing for a trans woman to come along and pronounce to him that gender is fluid or gender is neutral. And I do believe that gender is neutral and that gender is fluid. I had some fluidity stuff as a child. I, um, I liked, I liked to ride my skateboard. I liked to jump off roofs. I also liked to jump rope, read into that as far as you'd like. But I don't think that being told that um, it was a fluid thing would have been even remotely for, uh, healthy for my development. I just don't. Um, I actually know that it wouldn't have been healthy. And children are incredibly impressionable. And there's this kind of in-your-face sort of thing going on. And I'm not sure if it's actually part of the Equality Act, but um, the, the, the woman, well, I, for, I forget what her name is, what her name is, the trans woman that works for the Biden administration, um, you know, she's basically alluding to the notion that children should not need to get their parents' consent to have, you know, um, to have... Um, you know, uh, puberty blockers to it shouldn't have to have their parents consent to get puberty blockers or to essentially um, mutilate themselves. And so, through the lens of uh, through through that lens, like with the trans issue, I think that the the most absolutely startling aspect of it is that it actually does involve an, an element of genital mutilation permanent and unalterable genital mutilation so you're not going to switch that one back <laughs> you can do your best all of the king's horses and all of the king's men cannot put your <laughs> genitals back together <laughs> again <laughs> so you know that is something to be uh, incredibly concerned about and it's funny i, I actually mentioned I, I have a or i've mentioned before i have a trans client and my trans client is afraid of being is afraid of being canceled for saying not trans enough stuff, <laughs> alienating people who don't think that he's trans enough. I, I think he's a they. I just call him he. I call him dude. I'm just like, what a, what's up, dude? I don't even see him as a I don't see him as a woman at all. It's I not even physically. I just see him as a dude. I just it's just how it is. I don't know. I think he appreciates that or they appreciate that. It's they. It's actually they, but he doesn't care. It's actually they, but they don't care. They don't care if I call them dude. So, and can't we just joke around about it? Isn't it funny? It's kind of funny. So, anyway, uh, the humor gets lost in all this fucking seriousness. All of this seriousness. Everybody just forgets that it's all just kind of funny. Like, we're all just here for this little itsy-bitsy, teeny-tiny snippet of eternity, right? Um but, you know, I think that these things are, are, I think that these things are to be discussed, you know, um, and I think that they should be discussed respectfully and constructively and seeing all sides of issues is very challenging. 
Um, it's where the real work begins. And there's this really amazing David Hawkins quote that I'm going to read right now that I think sums it all up. And it's really challenging to come to, um, to come from this place. It takes a lot of work to come from this place. But the, the, um, the quote is, the core of all of the great spiritual teachings and teachers can be surmised in a few simple paragraphs. Choose to be easygoing, benign, forgiving, compassionate, and unconditionally loving towards life towards all life in all of its expressions. Avoid negativity and the desire for worldliness and its greed for the pleasure of possessions. Seek to understand rather than condemn. Venerate the teachings of these basic principles and ignore all others. Apply these principles to one's view of oneself as well as others. That's from the Eye of the Eye, page 101. So that's from page 101 of the Eye of the Eye, which is my personal favorite of Hawkins' work. So... Um, seek to understand rather than condemn. That is challenging. Seek to understand rather than condemn. And what I've been particularly guilty of in this podcast and in general is is condemning the left versus understanding that ultimately the intention behind there is to make the world better. It's to be, make the world a more equal place. And as I've said before, I have boxes of the nation I just drifted away from a lot of the leftist ideology, and I am legitimately afraid of it um, for very valid reasons, but um, I believe to be very valid reasons, but it's not where everyone's at. And so my default is to come from a place of arrogance or righteousness or to make myself better than, and whether or not I'm right is irrelevant right right being right and righteousness are two different things and it's very easy for the right it's very easy for the ego to take the fact that it may or may not be right and wrap a great big bow of righteousness with it that doesn't make any sense but you get what i'm saying so we've got all of these people thinking all of these things and we've got all of these people pointing their fingers at one another and it's just it's not cool it's not cool. And I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it and on Facebook, but I also, it, there's a very fine line between being guilty of righteousness and feeling called to bring certain things to the forefront so that people can talk about them. Like I was, I was at the coffee shop. It was a good segue. I was at the coffee shop yesterday morning and I heard these two hippie, these two like spiritual hippie, spiritual hippie couple. And the one of them was actually bitching about the Dr. Seuss thing, the Dr. Seuss being canceled, which I think is startling. I think it's, that's super fucked up. I think that it's disturbing as fucking hell. And so these, these I'm like, yeah, hey, how you guys doing? I'm an ex-leftist. They're like, we're ex-leftist too. That's a cool term. And I'm like, yeah, and we started talking about it. And so what's been what has been being discussed in whispers is now being discussed in not as many whispers. Like we had a, an out loud conversation about it. And and I think that this it's technically not censorship, I guess, because the company is choosing to take the racist Dr. Seuss books out of circulation. But, um, but I have it that that's under pressure. That's being, there's, 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 uh, some pressure being exerted on them to do that or else, you know, and I could be totally wrong about that, but a uh, word on the street is that the, there's, there's a lot of 
pressure being put on people within certain companies to say certain things or to adapt, adopt certain attitudes that they may or may not agree with. In other words, sell out on your, on your integrity um, or else. So, for instance, if you are the CEO of Nike and or Nike is not a good example, if you're the CEO of Apple or, you know, whomever and someone approaches you and says, you better take this particular stand on race issues or else you better take this particular stand on trans issues or else. Right. And that person, um, that CEO could very well be being compromised. Their personal integrity could be being compromised because what if they are like a conservative Christian? Um, and they're being forced to take a stand that they don't necessarily want to take. Now, do I agree with conservative Christians on a lot of things? No. Do I agree with them on some things? Absolutely, yes. Um, do they agree with me on everything? Absolutely not. And is there a fundamental breakdown between what I perceive to be God and what they perceive to be God? Or is there a fundamental disconnect or a fundamental sort of disagreement? Kind of, yes. Um, because I don't feel that you need an organized religion to tell you what to do to serve God. And they do. And sometimes they think very strange things about certain types of people that aren't rooted in the New Testament or anything that Jesus said at all and are kind of hateful. Uh, that's not something that I can get behind even sort of, but if I'm choosing to be, if I'm choosing to understand rather than condemn, and I lean beyond the resistance, and I lean beyond wanting to be right, I can get where they're coming from, sort of. And if I don't get it completely, that's okay. And perhaps if I'm willing to see them human to human at some point, I can get through to them, or maybe even they can get through to me about something. Um, so, you know, there's all different, if, if you're willing to see the human being in front of you, and you're willing to say things that aren't coming from a place of wanting to be right, but that are you speaking what you perceive to be truth, then maybe we'll, we'll get somewhere there. But um, that being said, like the, it, really we've come to this point where like uh, 1984 has basically come true. Big Brother is fucking watching you. I mean, I have a friend who I've, I've thought several times is actually like a spy. He's <laughs> actually spying on me you know, and is reporting the things I say to, like, the overlords or the the people that are going to release the rats to bite off my face, <laughs> if you've ever read 1984. Um, uh, Fahrenheit 451, uh, definitely happening. Digital book bargaining is definitely happening, like, um, and there's just this upside down, left is right, down is up sort of wacky-ass thing going on where, um, like, I Greece now they might want to ban Greece. They might want to ban Greece because it's rapey and sexist and whatever. But you know, then that's juxtaposed with, um, you know, that song about f f fuck my pussy or what is it with my pussy? What 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 is the song about the girl that wants her pussy <laughs> worked over really good or whatever and i get that that you know it could be perceived or construed to be a song about women's empowerment and a woman really owning her sexuality and that she wants all of that amazing stuff done to that wet ass fucking pussy um but you know you're the one that i want <laughs> woo, woo, woo. like we gotta ban that one <laughs> so we're gonna ban that one um why can't we just keep them both? Why don't we just keep that beautiful song, You're the One That I Want? And you can, you know, wreck that pussy all night long. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Do whatever you want or have whatever you want done to that by whomever you want done to that. 
and that's all good. And let's just keep you're the one that I want. Please, summer loving, summer loving. Can we please keep summer loving? And now, of course, this grease comes up. This grease stuff comes up. They're going to ban grease, by the way, which is gay John Travolta pers- pursuing Olivia Newton John. So we've got gay John Travolta. They, I guess he's gay. Apparently, uh, John Travolta is gay, and the Scientologists are blackmailing him. If he, <laughs> they're blackmailing him if he leaves the Scientology, the cult of Scientology, they'll tell the whole world that he's gay, because I forget what the process is. What's the process that they do in Scientology where they're like deprogramming you or programming you, programming you or whatever it's called? So, um, I think everybody knows Travolta is gay, but the Scientologists will sell out John Travolta if he leaves the Church of Scientology. So you've got gay John Travolta back in the 70s, or I think it was the 70s, pursuing Olivia Newton-John, and now people in the 20s, we're in the 20s now, people in the 20s um, making that out to be some horrible fucking sexist whatever, while at the same time reserving the right to have their pussies destroyed or whatever the proper politically correct term is for (laughs) that. You see? And so there's just a little bit of, and that's what, in my opinion, this is the luciferic energy. This is the energy of trickery. This is the energy that is masquerading as one thing, but is in fact something very dangerous. It's masquerading as a quality. It's masquerading as racism is bad, but it's actually undercutting all of it. And you will find this spelled out for you in the books that I am referring to. Also, the example, um, like Do Good or Hawkins, I have this great David Hawkins CD that I listen to in my car. And there's a book, I can't remember the name of the book, and I'm not going to go find it on the CD so I can um, put it into this podcast or mention it in this podcast, but there's a book on do-gooderism that he references, and do-gooderism can be incredibly destructive, uh, particularly when you look at what happened in the nineteen seven, the early 1970s. Uh, you had a bunch of do-gooders watched the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Next. This is all according to David Hawkins, by the way, uh, but he references the books that he got this from. Um, but you had a bunch of people uh, who saw One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and they said, oh, my God, this is awful. They're locking these people up. And so they basically, the the liberals, the leftists and the liberals, sought to um, disin, what's the word? They st- they sought to um, dismantle the the government mental health system that basically, like, back then, if you were completely crazy and schizophrenic and just nuts and didn't know how to live in society, you could live in these places and be taken care of and get medicine and be cleansed, be cleaned, or you'd be able to bathe rather. Um, and you'd have a bed and you'd be fed and you would have care. You would have like basically socialist care. You'd be taken care of. And, and when the liberals or the leftists saw one floor of the cuckoo's nest, which is a complete work of fiction, that entire system was dismantled and all of the crazy people were let go. And the homeless problem that you see today comes as the direct result of people just wanting to do good, which comes back to, if I'm seeking to understand, you've got people that saw that and they're like, they just wanted to make, they wanted to make the world a better place. And so we, if the, we need to dismantle these systems, but it had a very, um, it had a very dangerous, it had a very, deleterious effect is that the right word um it had very destructive effect and now you see all these people wandering around 
homeless and they have no place to go when back then you could just go live in one of these places and be committed to one of them and you'd be good. You'd be taken care of. And so they see Nurse Ratchet in the movie and they just assume every nurse is like that. The people I know who are that type of person, the nurses I know, the social workers I know, uh, a lot of the therapists I know, they are working for others. They are working to make the world a better place. So they're not all Nurse Ratchet. I'm sure there were a couple of crazy nurses, but not all of them. Right? It was probably the exception. So anyway, I'm just trying to be a good person. And unfortunately, or I don't know if that's the right word, but I feel as if I am being called to bring some of these things to light so that we can have conversations around them. Because I see things as, I don't know, they're just, I, I think we're living in a very dangerous time of misinformation or disinformation and all of it. I don't, I, I respect you as much as another person could respect another person if you feel uh, compelled or called to get the vaccine. Go for it. I don't want it. I will not get it. I hope that you can respect that about me. And I hope that you can furthermore respect or get that I take the immunity aspect of the COVID stuff incredibly seriously. I have a very, very, very strict um, vitamin regimen, A, B, C, D, E, um, also medicinal mushrooms, so chaga mushrooms, and also lion's mane mushrooms, and also reishi mushrooms. And I found this badass, um, I found this amazing reishi mushroom dealer guy at the farmer's market here in Encinitas. And uh, so I'm getting these really awesome organic reishi mushrooms. So I take that part incredibly seriously. I also take social distancing very seriously. I don't know if I even want to be inside with a group of people ever again. I take COVID very seriously. And not trusting the vaccine is totally different from not taking COVID seriously. Not trusting the vaccine does not mean that I do not take immunity seriously. Not trusting the vaccine, because I think it's part of a great big motherfucking evil plot to destroy the world does not mean that you need to think that. I respect whatever you think. I respect whatever you feel. I get my information from alternative news sources. That does not mean that I'm a right-wing whatever, as I said in the last episode. Um, I think Cliff High is an incredibly important person to listen to, to watch his YouTube videos. Um, the, his, his episode on Sunwoo, it's just called Sunwoo, S-U-N-W-O-O. If you Google Cliff High Sunwoo and watch his episode where he breaks down what the vaccine does, um, it's startling and terrifying. And I'm sorry, that's just, it, watching it made me not want to touch that thing with a 50-foot pole. That being said, my parents have both become vaccinated, so that makes me feel safe about going home for my birthday in a couple of weeks, which is, again, it's just like another one of those wacky kind of nuances. And I think that I think that the next great leader will be will someone will be someone who pulls us into the nuances. It's all there's just so much nuance right now. And and it's that lack of nuance that is leading to so much of the division. Because if I if I don't go on Facebook, I get along just fine with everybody. I talked to a friend yesterday, and this she mentioned the vaccine and her family, and then she, she kind of said, I know you're not down with the vaccine. And I said, well, but you are, and that's okay. And I respect, I 1 million percent respect that. I hope that you can respect me. You know, we all just need to 
fucking respect one another. Um, and I, I think the truth will come out. And I think that a lot of people are waking up. A lot of people, when the Greece needs to be banned thing popped up, a lot of people were like, whoa, that's fucked up. You know, and I, I don't know, maybe in, in regards to Dr. Seuss, um, yeah, there's like these little Chinamen or Japanese men um, drawings, right? Um, you got to take into account that that book, the one that was banned, If I Ran the Zoo, was written in the 1950s, right after World War II, in which um, all of an entire generation of people were in Japan, a lot of them fighting Japanese people and getting killed and also being locked up in Japanese concentration torture camps. And all of the women, talk about girl power, talk about fucking feminism. All of the women were working in the fucking factories to build the bombs and to make the guns that the young men could use fighting the Japanese. So American culture had a particular uh, opinion of Japanese people back then. There's a, actually there's a, I have the book at home and I hope I didn't lose it. I think it's at my parents' house. It's called Dr. Seuss Goes to War, which is a series of political cartoons that Dr. Seuss drew during World War II. Um, he was a staunch leftist, from what I understand. And then yesterday, I'm going on Facebook, and there's this woman that posts, you know, who's cool? You know, if we ran into each other, it'd be fine. A woman from Colorado is posting, let me make this clear. Dr. Seuss was, in fact, a racist. Well, um, most people back then were racist because there was a, terror attack on Pearl Harbor and then all of the boys are getting their limbs and their balls and their fucking arms and their fucking brains blown out by the Japanese they're getting f torched with flamethrowers and shit it was uh so you know go go find one of the remaining Okinawa veterans and 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 find out what they think you know seek to understand Right, And then seek to understand the person that wants to make this world a better place. People want a world without racism. I fucking get it. I totally get it. I want a world without racism. I most definitely want a world without racism. Um, I think that there's less racism than people think that there is. I think there's being a story propagated that things are more racist than they are. Um, I think it was Little John or Little Wayne in an interview not that long ago said I've never seen I've never been the I've never been the victim of racism. That was Little Wayne or Little John. I think it was Little Wayne. And he's like I hate this, you know, I'm people are going to be mad at me but this is my experience, right? So, but it's fine if you think that there is. It's all good, you know? It's all good because 90 anybody listening to this if you put us together in a room, we'd be friends. I promise you. I absolutely 1 million percent promise you. So, Thanks again. I'll talk to you guys next time. It's been the Magic Pisces Podcast. Bye. Three, four. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening, there were demons disguised as angels in shiny foily packets containing China heroin. The cheapest vodka bottles, the filthy escapades, my morning hustle on the train. And the angels watching over me, the God that I could never see as I wandered alone through city streets. And the whores, the whores, the whores were my friends. The hookers and the junkies and the other deviants. They beat me to submission till I cast aside my demons and that's when it came shining through dusty blinds in a dim lit room. I saw the la ha ha hi
saw the light I saw the light I saw the light It was that sweet, sweet, sweet The sweetest of surrenders Sweet, sweet, sweet The sweetest of surrenders Sweet, sweet, sweet The sweetest of surrenders Get it any way you can Get it any way you can And I don't need no motherfucking Bible To show me the errors of my ways But may God bless you If you keep one by your bedside I hope it gets you to heaven one day I hope it gets you to heaven one day I hope it gets you to heaven one day And I ain't gonna argue with no atheist Because my truth is my truth is my truth is my truth is my truth And it came shining through